0: Welcome to Off The Grid Radio, better ideas to bust you and your family out of today's global control grid. Now, here's today's show.
1: Hi, welcome to another edition of Off The Grid Radio. I'm Michael Faust of offgridnews.com. Today's guest is Lisa Steele. She is a poultry expert who has written three books about chicken keeping and one about ducks. She writes for several publications and has appeared on multiple radio and TV programs, including... Hallmark Home and Family Show, P. Allen Smith's Garden Style on PBS, NPR, Good Day Sacramento, Good Day or Good Morning Maine, and Bill Green's Maine. Most recently, Lisa is hosting her own chicken lifestyle television show. It's called Fresh Eggs Daily with Lisa Steele. It's on the CW network in the local Portland, Maine viewing area. That's uh, WPXT and WPME for those folks in that area. Also, she's the founder of Fresh Eggs Daily, the most well-respected and well-known chicken keeping brand and one of the very first that focuses entirely on natural chicken keeping. Lisa, we've enjoyed uh, your your, uh, articles and your programs. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: The books, uh, I should tell people the names of the books that you've written. Uh, They are Gardening with Chickens, uh, the other one is Fresh Eggs Daily. The newest one published by Voyager is Let's Hatch Chicks. And it's for children. It's a kid's book, wonderful kid's book. And the uh, other one that you've written is uh, Duck Eggs Daily. I- I'm just curious, Lisa, how-, how did you get so interested in chickens?
2: Well, I actually am a fifth-generation chicken keeper. My grandparents raised chickens. That's you know what they did to support their family. I grew up across the street from them and they learned it. Well, my grandmother learned it from her mother and her grandmother. So it's kind of a, a family tradition that I, I strayed away from a bit. I kind of did the college detour, worked on Wall Street for a bit, but it just kind of pulled me back and I found myself living on a farm and we had a barn and so I got some chickens.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So you worked on Wall Street a bit. So there was a time in your life where you thought, I don't want to have anything to do with chickens. Is that is that right?
2: I think every kid that grows up in a small town in the country decides that there's a big world out there that they need to see, and then once they see it, you know they decide that the country living isn't so bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what has driven? You know, we've had a recent um, recent years, uh, Lisa, as you've seen and you've experienced this with your with the popularity of your books and stuff. We've had a we had a we've had a growth in the interest in backyard chickens. Kind of a, a boost a boon in, in the interest in backyard chickens. What's what's driven that?
2: You're right. I mean, it's become really, really popular. And I'm really happy about that because I think that it's a really healthy lifestyle. I think that people being more self-sufficient, wanting to grow and raise their own food, you know, people try to call it a fad, but I don't really think it's a fad. I think it's the pendulum swinging back as it always does, you know, we kind of went from the farm life to very urban, very much packaged food, imported everything. You know, I think people kind of felt like they were losing grip on what their family was eating. And, you know, what what they were eating was eating. And I think that all of a sudden, people kind of just realized, you know, we need to take control of this again. And it's a really healthy hobby, if you want to call it for your family. You know, dad can build the coop or mom, I mean, not to be Sexist or whatever, but um, yeah. you know the kids can collect the eggs. I mean, everybody can help feed, so so it becomes a really great family activity, and there's so much satisfaction in you know you know gardening, raising your own vegetables and chickens, and and collecting eggs that are from chickens that you've raised. And so I I don't think it's a fad. I think it is the way our society is going, and as more and more people get involved in it and start talking about it more people just get excited about it and it just keeps growing and gaining steam and all that. So,
1: Yeah. Lisa, yeah. Let, let's assume that some in our audience want to get started with backyard chickens. As you and I record this, it's, it's late winter um, and people are starting to think about seeds for their garden. starting to think about things for their homestead or, you know, maybe they live in the city and they, and they're thinking, you know, I wouldn't mind doing backyard chickens. How do people get started uh, in this? What what's, what are the first few steps to take?
2: Well, the very first thing to do is check with your town or municipality. You know, just because you live in a city doesn't mean that you can't have chickens. There are a lot of urban areas that are starting to allow chickens. They usually limit how many you can have. You usually can't have roosters. You might have to get a permit or a permit for your coop or something. But don't think that just because you live in a neighborhood or an urban area that you can't have chickens. And conversely, just because you live in the country, don't assume that you can. It's always best to check you know, check with your town, hopefully get this in writing so you know exactly what the rules are. A lot of times the coop has to be a certain number of feet from your neighbor's house and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, but once you know what you can have, then, I mean, it's really, it's pretty easy. Chickens don't take up a lot of space. A small flock of like three or four chickens, the coop doesn't need to be much bigger than a doghouse. Hmm. You know, so they need a chicken coop to live in. They need um, some kind of fenced-in pen. I'm, I'm not a big fan of free-ranging chickens, which basically just means opening the coop in the morning and going to work and letting them roam around your yard all day. Yeah. Because most likely, uh, when you come home, they're not going to be there. You know, there's, <laughs> there's predators, dogs. People don't consider that your neighbor's dog will eat your chickens. You know, they'll end up in your neighbor's yard. They'll get hit by a car. So I'm, I'm a big fan of, a, of an enclosed Large, roomy pen for them.
1: Chicken tractor, you know, for their
2: for their own safety.
1: Like a chicken tractor,
2: something like that. I mean, those are more you know smaller, where you can move them around your yard or your garden and kind of control where your chickens go. But mm-hmm. but sure, a movable pen or a. Um, you know, something that's that's attached to the coop and kind of doesn't go anywhere, but just something to contain them <laughs> so, when you're not home.
1: Sure. What, 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 okay. So, so, folks, you know, <laughs> folks have the chickens, they have the the pen, they have you know a uh, tractor or something. I get you know the next question they're going to have though is uh, what types of breeds? I mean, give it give us give us some advice on on, on buying. Uh, chickens?
2: Well, it's really fun because chickens all get along for the most part. So if you can have, say, five chickens, that doesn't mean that you have to go to your feed store, which is a great place to start. You know, your local feed store probably does have chicks around this time of year. You don't have to get five of the same breed. You can get, you know, one yellow chick, one orange chick, one black chick, one white chick. You know, it makes a more interesting flock. Um, You might get different color eggs. So, You know your kids can name their chick because they can tell them apart. So breeds like Buff Orpingtons, Rhode Island Reds, um, Cochins, you know, there's there's oh there's just so many breeds. It's it's so hard to even just pick one or a handful that are.
1: Do you have favorites? Because
2: I don't. Well. No, you can't have favorite chicken. That's wrong.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, of course I do. <laughs> well, well help, help us out then. I mean, uh, if, if you want, you know, let's say somebody says, I want the best eggs. What do you get? So,
2: okay, so my favorite breed is the Australorp. Those are the big black chickens. They're hardy. They're, they're cold hardy, which is important for us in Maine. They do okay in the heat. We had them in Virginia, and they did okay. They're great layers. They lay kind of pale tan eggs. Really nice chickens, friendly. So something like an Australorp would be something I would look for at the feed store. Like I said, Buff Orpington's related to the Australorp, but they're yellow. Mm-hmm. Anything in the Orpington family is probably going to be a good, solid, hardy chicken, good layer, friendly. So if you have kids, you know, they're not going to have a crazy chicken chasing them around the yard.
1: Yeah, that's help, that's helpful, and, and uh, so so you, you know, you've got that. And, and and in terms of feeding them, though, you you were you were mentioning earlier, you're not as big on free range, but I, I guess a limited free range is putting them in a in a chicken tractor or something. Give it, give us some advice on feeding them, including supplements.
2: Sure. So I actually I do a lot of supervised free range. So weekends, you know, during the day when I'm home, I don't leave them out on their own. But if I'm home, then yes, they should definitely be out on the lawn. Make sure you don't treat your lawn with you know, pesticides or herbicides, because that's not good for them to eat. But the more they can get out on the lawn and eat bugs and weeds and stuff, the healthier they're going to be and the less feed they're going to eat. So you'll need chicken feed. Again, your feed store is is the place to go. And they sell chicken feed. So chickens won't overeat. So basically you can leave their feed out all day and they'll kind of pick graze, you know, throughout the day they'll eat what they want, and then I do like to supplement with that. Um, before the show started, we were talking a little bit about herbs. I'm a big, big fan of herbs. So all the culinary herbs, the chickens actually have their own herb garden that I grow for them right next to the coop, and it has things like parsley, basil, oregano, sage, um, marjoram. Those, those are probably the ones that they, cilantro, they like a lot. Um,
0: and I just kind of let them in,
2: let them nibble, as they're roaming around the yard when I'm watching them and they can kind of nibble what they want and then I can pick the herbs for them and also put them in the run for them when they are, you know, closed up. But I think the herbs help keep them really healthy. They have really good benefits as far as immune systems go and respiratory and all that. So I definitely recommend if you are getting started with chickens and you already grow herbs, think about growing a few more for your chickens.
1: And, and, and you can use them not just to, to feed the chickens, but I think you also recommend some herbs for you know, putting in the coop and, and uh, keeping it, make it smell nice, correct?
2: Yes, oh, definitely. It's it, um, different herbs. I tend to use the more aromatic herbs like lavender, rosemary, lemon balm, catnip, you know, the ones that smell really nice, rose petals, marigold, things like that, I tend to throw in the coop um, in, in the nesting boxes. I think that the chickens actually like them, <laughs> not, uh, not pretending to really understand the chickens 100%. But I think that the, the herbs calm them down. Um, a lot of studies have been done about wild birds, and they'll grab herbs and flowers and things and put them in their nests. So it makes sense that the chickens would gravitate towards nests that have these things in them that, that can be calming or help keep bugs out of the, out of the coop or whatever.
1: Makes sense. Lisa, let's take a quick break. When we return, we will continue yeah. our conversation. We'll continue our conversation with Lisa Still. She's the author of uh, several books uh, about chickens, including uh, Gardening with Chickens, Fresh Eggs Daily, and her newest one, which is a kids' book, Let's Hatch Chicks. It's published by Voyager. We'll be right back.
0: If you've ever wanted to grow the absolute best tasting fruits and vegetables imaginable, here's some exciting news. There's a new product designed to make growing delicious produce easy. It's called ProtoGrow, and it's dynamite in the garden. ProtoGrow is a bioactive superfood for plants that works by providing true broad spectrum nutrition, allowing plants to achieve their full genetic expression. What does this mean in the garden? It means mouth watering fruits and vegetables, brilliantly colored flowers, herbs that finally grow to medicinal strength, blue ribbon garden produce jam packed with bioavailable minerals and trace elements, giant pumpkins, even high potency hybrids wheatgrass. ProtoGrow is a proprietary blend of full spectrum nutrients from the sea. It literally contains the basic building blocks of life itself. In fact, ProtoGrow is so effective at producing rapid plant growth in record time that it almost forces plants to grow even under the worst light and soil conditions it's also perfect for growing your own survival foods and might just be the ultimate hard times barter item to grow tastier fruits and vegetables right now go to growlikecrazy.com that's growlikecrazy.com or call 877-327-0365 877-327-0365 off the grid news because you want a different paradigm
1: Lisa, one question I was going to ask you uh, before the break was, uh, you know, when you buy supplemental feed at the the local store, some folks are going to have some concern about it not being all natural, whether that's pesticides or or whatever. Give us some advice on, on, you know, getting the best all natural feed.
2: Okay, so uh, organic, there is organic chicken feed, so if you are super... Worried about that and your chickens eating GMOs or things that aren't organic, you can always choose an organic feed. It's going to cost more, just like anything organic that we might eat, um, you know, will be. But there is that option. Otherwise you know the regular chicken feed does not have any antibiotics or hormones or anything in it so you Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about that okay so you know i don't i don't want anyone to feel like if they can't afford organic feed or can't find it that they're like a failure as a chicken keeper (laughs) you know the regular (laughs) feed is going to be um you know antibiotic and hormone free so you don't have to worry about that and even if
1: they do that it's going to be far more healthier than far more healthy i should say than, than what they get at the store the,
2: exactly yeah, yeah. right. Exactly, yeah. and and just one caution about that: if you do sell your eggs or you're giving your eggs away or whatever, it's it be careful about labeling them organic eggs. Mm-hmm. Just because you feed organic feed, because there are really strict organic requirements, and you actually have to be certified organic and stuff. So, yeah. so just be careful about tossing around the organic egg um, label on your cartons.
1: How many chickens for a family of four? Let's yeah, let's say somebody's listening yeah. right now. They have a family of four. All they want is enough eggs to feed themselves. Well, how many chickens do they need?
2: So figure out, you know, how many eggs you're, you're using a week, one dozen, two dozen, or whatever. And then a chicken will lay probably five or six eggs a, day, a week. They don't lay an egg every day, but almost every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then do that math. Roughly, you know, a chicken per person is probably going to give you about an egg a day per person. Mm-hmm. So that's like a good, you know, each member of the family can pick out a chicken and their
1: own chicken. One thing that I've always uh, uh, been curious about is is how you know backyard chicken owners how they view the extra eggs. Because I have a lot of folks around here, a lot lot of my friends they uh, they have you know they have lots of chickens, so they're always selling the extra eggs. Is there a lot of cash in that, or is that pretty much just you know you're just getting rid of eggs and just making a little bit of cash?
2: Pretty much, yeah. I don't think that it's possible to actually make money selling. I mean, most people sell their eggs for 2 or $3 a dozen. Yeah. So if you did the math on how much feed your chicken was eating to produce that egg, I, I don't think it's really possible to make money at the small <laughs> level. But right. it's, it's good to supplement your, your feed bill.
1: Sure, sure. You know, provide your neighbors it, yeah.
2: with fresh eggs and all that.
1: Sure, yeah, you're, 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 I agree. Your you're neighbors buy them, you're, you're paying for uh, the feed and, and things like that. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, what are your thoughts, because uh, we're, we're recording this in late winter, what are your thoughts on, on tricking chickens during the winter with extra light uh, so that they'll lay more eggs?
2: Okay, I'm not a big fan of tricking chickens, first of all. No, so my views are, because I try to do things naturally, I, I'm not a fan of adding supplemental light just for people who don't know a chicken needs about 16 hours of daylight a day to stimulate the ovary to release the yolk so she lays an egg so once the days start getting short they either stop laying or slow down considerably and some people will put a light in their coop usually on a timer to provide that 16 hours of daylight to continue the egg laying through the winter I'm not a big fan of that chickens naturally slow down for a reason you know they're using their energy to stay warm through the winter They've just gone through a molt, which is when they lose all their feathers and they grow new feathers. So they're, that's rough on their bodies, and they're kind of recovering mm-hmm. from that. So I like to give my chickens a break. I don't think any of us are, you know, paying our mortgage, selling eggs. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I don't think that it's like a make or break if, if egg production stops. Yeah. Um, so I don't do it, you know, I, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I, I very much feel that that is like what the commercial farms do. Yeah, and if you're going to force your chickens to lay eggs, then you might as well just go buy eggs at the store because I don't,
1: you know, I don't think it's, I don't like tricking them. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I've talked to plenty of people that, that have your opinion. I, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, one more debate in the chicken community is, uh, you know, how to preserve the eggs. You, you refrigerate them. You, have, you you know, because when you buy eggs, of course, at the store, you go in, they're in the refrigerator. But if you go to Europe. They're out on the counter, you know, and people freak out over there, and Americans do at least. So, um, so yeah. What, what are your what are your thoughts on on that debate about how do you how you keep eggs?
2: So again, going back to, I try to do things the way my grandparents did and really natural. I don't wash the eggs when I collect them. They have a protective coating on them called the bloom that keeps air and bacteria out which is basically how eggs hatch under a hen. You know, they need a coating because she's sitting on them for three weeks, and they're not refrigerated, obviously. You know, so if you don't wash them, you, pre- you preserve that coating. And at that point, the eggs don't need to be refrigerated. They can stay out on the counter for a couple of weeks at room temperature. They will age faster. So if you're not going to, you know, eat them within a month, say, I would refrigerate them. But if you're using them regularly, I mean, I just put them on the counter in a bowl. And then I just wash them just
1: before I use them. Interesting. Tell us about fresheggsdaily.com. That's the website. And, of course, Fresh Eggs Daily is is what you found. For those who don't know anything about it, what, what is it? And what can people learn by visiting the website?
2: So as you mentioned at the beginning, I uh, since the beginning talking about chickens and having my Facebook page and all that, I started doing things naturally and using a lot of herbs and natural supplements. And it was a message that I think people who were getting into chicken keeping, it resonated with them because that's why they were raising the chickens. So they ate healthier food and you know weren't using chemicals and all that. And it just kind of started growing, and I just kept writing articles and. At the beginning, I figured I'll write maybe 20 articles, you know, on the basics, and then people can just refer to that, and it'll be a nice little archive kind of site. I think I'm up to almost 900 articles, so (laughs) (laughs) apparently there's a lot to say about the chicken. Apparently so. (laughs) But it's a good resource. I mean, for someone, whether you're just starting out or you have a specific question about something you've never encountered before or, you know, a health question or... Or you know what the case may be, and my book, my first book, Fresh Eggs Daily, is basically my blog. My blog in book form. I kind of took mm-hmm. you know the best of the blog and, and encapsulated it into one source. You know, so you've got the book in your hand and lots of good, lots of good pictures with...
1: though in that book though, and it's it's, it's, it it's helpful. Yeah, yeah. And and mm-hmm. I, I should also say, if you go to Amazon, uh, there are tons of good reviews on that book. So if folks want to. Uh, just check out uh, what other people are saying about the book. Check it out. There's six hundred, more than six hundred reviews. It's it's close to a five star review. It's really amazing. And you have other books too. Gardening with chickens. Uh, that's uh, the title is pretty straightforward. But tell us a little bit more mm-hmm. about gardening with chickens.
2: So when you start raising chickens, when you have a garden, you realize that in addition to the manure that you're getting from your chickens, which is great garden fertilizer, your chickens also help with bug control and they aerate the soil. So I, I started to see kind of the synergy between chicken keeping and gardening really early on. And the, the book was kind of percolating for a while. And then I finally wrote it. Um, I think it came out in 2000. I don't know. <laughs> several years ago, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, several years ago. But I, I wanted people to kind of uh, benefit both your chickens and your garden. You can use them together in tandem throughout the seasons, and it benefits both of them. So that was kind of the premise of that book. Um, and that one's been pretty popular, too. I think people really get into that, and they they enjoy um, they enjoy gardening because they're outside with their chickens anyway, so they might as well do something while they're out there. So. Awesome. The ones, right. And
1: the newest one is Let's hatch chicks, which is geared toward children. And I guess that that's that's helping you know uh, children learn you know, get a, learn not just about chickens, but maybe gain an interest in raising their own chickens. Is that kind of the goal?
2: Right. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted, I know when I hatch chicks, you know, the eggs sit there for three weeks and you look at them every day and they look the same. And I mean, I know I get bored. So I can imagine how kids get bored waiting for these <laughs> eggs to hatch. So I wanted the book to kind of be a companion book where they could kind of get more involved in the whole process. And it had uh, details of what's happening inside the egg each day. And it had some little things that the family can do to get ready for the chicks. And I just thought it would be a fun little companion book, kind of.
1: Awesome, awesome. Our guest has been Lisa Steele. Lisa, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: And I would encourage people to check out fresheggsdaily.com. As a reminder to our audience, you can visit authorgoodnews.com, which is our website. Uh, you can visit our gardening section where you can learn the seeds you should be planting for spring during winter. Better visit that and start planting your seeds. With Engineer Gavin Wright, this has been Michael Faust. Please join us again next week for another edition of AuthorGood Radio. Hey! Another one
0: buys the dust. Another
1: one buys the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one buys the dust. Hey.